and welcome to Inspiring Women Leaders, the podcast about leadership by women only, from which everyone can learn. Inspiring Women Leaders aims to showcase the extensive leadership knowledge and practical skills of its incredible guests, and to both inspire and educate its listeners, helping them acquire the know-how necessary to become better leaders themselves. Without further ado, I'd now like to welcome my guest. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Today, I'm really excited. I've been waiting a long time for this privilege to have on the show and to welcome Dr. Abena Bubbers-Jones. Dr. Bubbers-Jones is the award-winning founder and CEO of Medic Footprints. This global platform and consultancy is dedicated to pairing exceptional doctors with leading companies in various industries. Originally trained as an occupational health physician, Abena has cultivated a worldwide community of doctors pursuing fulfilling careers in unique ways. Alongside this, she offers strategic expertise to top companies around the globe on how to attract and retain the most talented medical professionals. Beyond this, she's a musician, a mum of two young girls aged one and three, and a not so good boulderer. I'm going to come back to that. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, let's meet Dr. Abena Bubbas Jones. Welcome to the show, Abena. Thank you so, so very much for agreeing to come on and speak to the show's audience. Thank you. Well, thank you, Adam. I really loved the bio because I kind of, I was talking to you before about this and I, I'm all about ChatGPT. So I wrote, for everyone's listening, you know, FYI, I wrote the bio, <laughs> I ChatGPT'd it, I sent it to Adam and he Adamed it. And his version was actually better than the ChatGPT version. Mate, I was like, yeah, I, sounds great. I, I, I'm going to take that. Well, I changed we one Chat word GBT, and I added a word. Use Adam. <laughs> yeah. Mate, it's all in the intonation, you know that. You know, we're 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 professionals yeah. here, right? It's yeah, it sounds it's, it's that. That's a... <laughs> it's Stella, mate. It's Stella. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I love it. And I I just need to ask, right? So you're a musician. What do you play? Piano. Uh I sing. I, I I would say I play the violin, but I hated it. Okay. Uh, I got it to grade seven uh and then wow. I was like no yeah yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah that's still very accomplished um and really uh, the elephant in the room <laughs> these I'm I'm picturing an, a, a boulder that is the size of an elephant now I've just said an elephant in the room but what is a boulderer please I know I could have chatted yeah it, so but... so so yeah bouldering is like form of climbing but okay. without ropes so I'm Ooh. I'm a pretty lazy person. I just like to show up and and like it's just like you want you want if you like hiking, all you have to do is put your shoes on and go. So with bouldering, yeah. all you need to do is put your shoes on and start climbing. Um, and so basically, wow. the height of the boulder um, is, is is to a certain height. So if you fall, you don't die, okay. but it doesn't guarantee you from not dying. No, that's how I no. It. Okay, well, mate, you you say you're you're lazy, but you're clearly. Um... A risk taker for more so than me. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> but then I, I was gonna say you have to be to found a successful company like like yours, you know, you have to uh yeah, be a be a bit of a Oh risk my taker, god, so. yeah, risk taking yeah. to the max. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 
Oh, this is so lovely. I'm so I'm so excited you're here. Um, okay, I know your time is um, is valuable and tight, so I'm gonna crack on. Um, obviously, that uh, that bio, you know, kind of says about your your leadership role within within your company, and you're a you're a consultant, um, occupational health physician as well, aren't you? So so leadership. Yeah. Um, is there anything you like? We've we've um, you know, gone into your, your musical prowess and your bouldering prowess. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the audience to kind of elaborate around around the bio? Um, <laughs> actually, I originally was a surgeon. Um, oh. So I went down the surgical training route yeah. and ended up in trauma surgery in South Africa for a few years and then wow. urology and then pivoted to occupational medicine. So it was that journey that really led me to founding Medic Footprints, yeah. which really is a community for doctors who are exploring other like alternative alternative careers as what's yeah. traditionally known as. But actually, it's more about diversifying your career prospects and options and yeah. redefining what you can do as a doctor from that foundation of the medical degree. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, for any uh well it's a, it's a global organization as as we've said but um certainly it's very well known among british medics so um you know the british uh physicians who are listening to the show will will, will know all about um medic footprints and, and the alternative careers for doctors uh group as well um it's really um you have over what twenty five thousand members in the facebook group is it or, or more now at, no, at the moment we've got over seven thousand in our Facebook group. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we've got about seventy thousand throughout our networks in general. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um. So yeah. So um. In terms of uh, you you, you know your the different strands of your leadership life, you know, with with medic footprints, with your clinical work, um, you know, with all of you know other other aspects of your of your life um i i presume you you know you kind of have uh, different leadership styles for for the different roles is that is that fair to say or or do you have a a sort of standard style that you you know kind of applies to all scenarios my leadership style it's interesting i haven't really put a name to it and i think it definitely has evolved over time um there's been a lot of learning in the journey especially moving from medicine or clinical medicine or clinical practice to running a business, running and growing a business. Um, A lot of that leadership style has developed from a lot of introspection and work on myself. And I've always really seen myself as the leader that serves, essentially, that serves the people that I've I've set this company up for. So I'm very much you know, leading for to serve doctors and helping them move to whatever they want to do. Yeah. I'm there to also, and in serving doctors, we're working more so with companies on the business to business side, because yeah. if you help companies to attract the best and support the best doctors and that experience and that move for doctors is that much more easier and helps them to achieve their own vision of making an impact and being the best that they can be, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. With regards to the team, um, I'm also about doing what I can to support them to, to be their best selves 
Um, I don't always get it 100% right. And one of the things that I'm increasingly working on letting go of is trying to do everything myself or taking too much on. Because I know as doctors, we tend to do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's not sustainable and definitely yeah. not as a CEO because you cannot possibly wear all the, all the best hats. And in growing a business, you have to learn to let a lot of things go. Um, you have to learn to, yeah, delegate yeah. early, outsource early <laughs> um, and really learn how to, to get the best out of people to then build that scalable model. Yeah. If you can't get the best out of people and you're always the final common pathway, then it's it's not scalable business. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um so kind of servant servant leadership, um, very client client led, but by that, that's your kind of business partners or business potential business clients as well as the individual doctors. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. that there's that and there's also being r- driven by the vision. And this is why I've been doing Medic Footprints for as long as I have, which is yeah. 10 years next year, which we'll be celebrating. Wow. I yeah. know. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, wow, like, what yeah. am I doing? Doing this for 10 years? <laughs> yeah. you know, if you know me, I'm the kind of person that gets bored very easily. Um, so the <laughs> fact that I'm still doing this, like I'm 100% committed and dedicated and passionate for what I'm doing because of the yeah. big why because yeah. over the years, especially, I mean, I started Medic Footprints really as a vehicle to support, not only support my journey, but support a, a growing community of doctors that I could see needed that support in finding other options or or discovering other not options or growing their own network. Um, yeah. But we've seen that taboo of alternative careers for doctors just being split right, o- right, open, right, o- yeah. right open, particularly amongst, you know, what we're seeing now in the UK with the strikes yeah. amongst doctors. Um, And so alternative careers is like a given, you know, diversifying is a given. Looking at the future of medicine is a given. Like if you don't look at doing something outside of your traditional career, then you are going to be held behind. You are going to be trapped, potentially trapped in a job that you you don't love. Um, Because at the end of the day, my belief is that as doctors, we absolutely need to look at redefining our value so we don't have to be striking. Yeah. Right. We're striking because we feel we have no control and no other option. But if we had the capacity, again, to be the best that we can be, to work outside of those boundaries, so we have a choice, we develop the skills so we have a choice, it may not be so much of an issue. It it won't be so much of an issue. Yeah. Um, Clearly, there's a lot of challenges going on with the NHS at the moment. And we do need a new generation to help resolve those challenges but it's a billion dollar question but in the meantime looking at the future of medicine and the future workforce of medicine how can we protect our value which is declining significantly how can we protect that as doctors yeah um we were talking about ai earlier um you know i've talked to a number of people about ai people worry about ai taking over people's jobs right that's the standard yeah it's unlikely that's going to be in in that way because you always need a human to make sense of what's come what the outputs right and i don't think that's going to yeah. happen anytime soon but what we really need to do is just be aware of you know how medicine is changing how our position in healthcare is changing mm. and again 
understand what our value is and the value that I'm really impressed upon, particularly amongst the work that we do, the support that we give doctors and in upskilling and also yeah. through our doctors and in industry incubator, which helps doctors move to industry. We always focus on leadership, developing those leadership skills, yeah. de- like positioning yourself as a leader uh, and doing it in such a way that helps you get into those influential positions in healthcare as a whole. So we're not talking about public sector versus private sector. We're talking about how can we help you navigate through healthcare society and position you using your skills and your talents rather than labeling you as a clinical doctor. That's, that's basically what the, the, the real, my, my vision and my focus and my drivers, Um, because I've seen the outputs of that. So I mentioned we're doing it for 10 years, right? I've seen a number of doctors, the ones I do know, because they're not even the ones I don't know, because a lot of people do go on and and lead amazing lives without me realizing it. Um, But the the ones that that have come back and said, hey, thanks to Medic Footprints and everything you've done, I've managed to get this job at Novartis, Stellas, um, Bain, BCG, I'm now the founder of this health tech company with VC backed. Um, I'm working at Holland and you know, I, there, there are so you know, I can I see so many doctors in influential positions now. Yeah. yeah. Um, even for medical student stage. I've seen medical students who are fa- founding companies who are doing yeah. really well. Right. And I, I can't say we take all the credit for that. The, the doctor <laughs> takes the credit for that, yeah. but yeah. it is, it, it's supported by the vehicle embedded footprints, the network, the inspiration, the permission to go and do what they're doing. Um, I don't know if, if you, you're probably aware with, um, of Caroline Walker, the joy mm-hmm. for doctor. I saw a, um, a post by her on Facebook because she's writing a book. Um, and she said the book, she's trying to find a title for the book, but the book is all about permission. Mm. right and so permission being key I find that a lot of doctors including myself all we need is permission to say yes you can go and do that most of the work we spend on doctors is not the technical it's not the how-to it's the permission to go and do it yeah um because I think like developing your own structure and framework and leading your life outside of what you've been traditionally trained for we need someone to say hey yes you can go and do it and yes it is achievable yeah and so a lot of it is a mindset work because we've been institutionalized into a certain way of thinking which doesn't help us break outside of that box serves a purpose but you know if you really want to become a leader if you really want to develop yourself if you really want to make an impact beyond seeing patients on a one-to-one basis that mindset work is essential to your success Wow. <laughs> so many, so many amazing takeaways for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love that. So what I mean, what I'm hearing is, you know, you you set the company up, um, you know, just shy of 10 years ago. Clearly, you were a, you were a pioneer. But I think, you know, a, a lot of these things come out of a, a need and they're not being something to, you know, satisfy that that need. So it's just, you know, the people who are innovative and, um, and go getters like you just like, right, well, create it then <laughs> um and uh, you know if i need it then other people will need it right so but you're um i'm hearing that you're a very purpose driven um leader um as you said you're you're a servant leader um and i love this um 
you know, the mindset work of giving people permission. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, hallelujah to that. Um, but you, it really empowers people. You really kind of, um, a, a leader that kind of, you know, bolsters people, you know, puts, puts them in a, a kind of on the right course with regards to their mindset, gives them the confidence to, to do these things. Um, yeah. I really like that. Really love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Yes. So um, just, yeah, I mean, obviously you said, you know, kind of, uh, you know, 10 years ago, you must have been before you founded the company, you must have been thinking about it. So kind of like what was the, I suppose, what was the catalyst really that kind of led you onto this journey to become a founder? Yeah, I mean, I look back to, I mean, as a child, I was like all of us doctors, cleverer than most, right? Seem to be cleverer than most, I should say. Um, and, you know, you go into a really good school and then it's like, you're either going to do medicine or law. You know, yeah. I went to a state school in North London, uh, Henrietta Barnet, medicine or law, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I mentioned I was a musician, so I did a lot of music when I was younger and really could have gone into medicine, but... Uh, sorry, music, but it was seen. Medicine chose seemed to be the best, the better option, the more sensible yeah. option yeah. for life. Yeah. Um, so went into medicine. Nearly didn't even get in. I, I didn't get any of my um my choices for medicine, med school. I literally got in last minute when they realised they turned too many people away from Nottingham University and said, "Hey, do you want to come?" <laughs> um, so I was like, "Yeah." So literally, my life could have been completely different. Who knows? Yeah. Um. And I, yeah, I was back on that actually. So hmm, what what you know, what if? Yeah. But anyway, went into medicine, you know, got through med school without any issues. Um but and then and then started working as a doctor. And um very quickly in my first rotation, I was like, I seem to be doing a lot more administrative work than I <laughs> would mm. expect yeah. for my train, my five years of medical training. Yeah. Um yeah, a lot of it's paperwork, right? And so I, you know, literally within my first few months, I was like, I'm not sure this is exactly what I expected it to be and and signed on for. And also dealing, like navigating some of the the politics, you know, the, the social politics that you get in an NHS environment. Again, like hadn't really worked for any other companies before. Mm. Assumed it was normal, right? And um, I think at that time I was like, is this really what my life is going to be like? working as a glorified medical secretary for the rest of my career. But then obviously you get the narrative saying, oh, you know, continue on that pathway, you'll become a consultant, you'll love it, et cetera, et cetera. Once you get there are things like gravy baby. Um, I wasn't so <laughs> sure. I wasn't so sure. So even at that early stage in my foundation years, I um, was looking at other options. I wasn't sure whether medicine had been the right choice for me. And I was on doctors.net and saw someone who come back from South Africa and said, hey, they're looking for doctors to go out and do orthopedics. And I was like, cool, that sounds great. Um, a few years later, I did my, my I did my core surgical training and then I went out to South Africa. And so that experience in South Africa was amazing. Um, you know, obviously I had to upskill. The, the learning curve is like mm. <laughs> upright pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the amount that you had to learn on the job, right? Very hugely vocational, but really rewarding. And lots of other challenges. And I mean, a huge amount of challenges there. But it made me realize that the problem was not the choice of career it was the yeah. work environment 
Yeah. And so that realization, it brought me back to the UK and I returned to the system. I started doing urology training, went up north to Blackburn. And in that journey, I was like, what am I doing in Blackburn? I'm from London. I feel like <laughs> I'm just, just going where the job is, yeah. which I I was like, well, how long is this going to go on for? Yeah. Right. Um, obviously, these are choices I've made, but I was just, you know, I'm doing this for my career, but is this right for me? In the longer term, I need something outside of the NHS. Yeah. And so in doing so, I, 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 it was that that really triggered or spearheaded the starting up a company just yeah. to have something else outside of the NHS. Yeah. Because otherwise, that, that would that would have been all that I w- would have had. Yeah. And so I, I co-founded Medic Footprints with my friend Sarah, who I know, knew, knew from school, and she was a, a, an accountant at the time, non-medic. Mm. And so it was it was that um, collaboration that really yeah. that Medic Footprints began. Wow, that's good. <laughs> quite a story. Thank you. Um, you 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 kind of uh, talked about your uh, your clinical journey there as well and thank you thank you for that it's really it's really interesting the things that you did um how how much clinical do you do now um so at the moment so it's interesting because I I didn't really talk about my, my pivot to occupational medicine um I decided after a few years of urology that I had had I couldn't envision my future career as a urology consultant I really mm-hmm. loved urology I really enjoyed enjoyed it and, I, and one of the reasons I chose it beyond the actual work itself was the fact it was more lifestyle oriented in the sense that mm-hmm. nights weren't crazy on calls were yeah. limited um, a lot of it could be office based or clinic based yeah. um and there weren't really anything significant or too many significant emergencies you'd have to deal with yeah. um, real emergencies I'm talking about. So it, ha- however, yeah, it got to a point where I was like, I'm not sure whether this is right for me yeah. in the yeah. longer term. And I literally got, there was, a, I was doing a bladder washout. I got hematuria in my face. And it was Gosh. that moment <laughs> where I was like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like yeah. that was the first time I'd had hematuria in my face. Yeah. It was, it was just, it was that moment. I remember it very well. I was at UCLH and I was like, that's it. And ironically, I had to go to occupational health then to get, yeah. you know, with the bodily fluid exposure. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't like, uh, oh, I should be doing occupational health. Not at all. I didn't even realize it was a medical specialty at that stage. Yeah. Um, and there was a period of exploration. And, you know, most people, when they get to their, like, mid-career, they're thinking, I'm not going to do this uh, crappy lifestyle anymore. I'm going to go and do general practice. So I looked into general practice, but I really did not want to do it, mainly because I knew where I could see where it was going. It was really challenging. It just wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, And so my partner at the time, who was a radiologist, I did the whole alternative careers for doctors Google and came across occupational medicine as an option. And so even in that process, you realize actually how many other medical specialties there are that no one tells you about that could absolutely retain a lot more doctors in society. Um, So anyway, so I looked into occupational medicine and again, because it was, I say small, but just because it wasn't really promoted very much, mm. I had to do a lot of digging to find out, find anyone who could talk to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the, in that journey, I 
I could see that it was aligned to my interests of business, the wider world of work, um, entrepreneurialism, working outside of the public sector because you could train in the private sector. So, and and also no nights, no one calls. Um, So I I decided I don't want to work weekends ever again. It's just not, it's just (laughs) not for me. And so, so actually it was really aligned to my interests as I was getting older. It was like in my early, late, yeah, that's early thirties at that time. Um, So yeah, I, I, I applied for training number. I got my first choice at King's College Hospital. Um, and I wasn't sure whether it was the right choice, to be honest. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm not sure if this is for me. It's not like I was like, oh, this is it. I, I absolutely was not, this is it. I was like, I'm not sure about this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that was eight years ago, uh-huh. nine years ago. <laughs> I'm still doing it. <laughs> and I'm still doing it. So, so yeah. Um, I actually can't remember why I was telling that story. <laughs> well, I, I, I know. I, I just Jet-lag. asked you about um, how much clinical you're doing, and the, and I was so going go back. Yeah, to, going back to yeah. the question, yeah. how much clinical am I doing? So, occupational medicine. Um, one of the reasons I chose it was because of, uh, from what I said, was because of the fact that the the pay is relatively higher. The remuneration mm. is relatively higher than other specialties. Okay. Um, and it gives me more flexibility to then work on the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my so at the moment, having just come off maternity leave for the second time in the last few years, yeah. I am now working two clinics a month. That's okay. the clinical work. Yeah. Before I, when I was on mat well, before mat leave, just before mat leave, I was doing about seven clinics a month. Um, but you have to remember in occupational medicine, it isn't just a purely clinical specialty. A no. lot of OHPs, occupational health physicians, don't see any patients. And no, they're no, working no. on the business end. They're working on the strategy end. They're working on the health advisory end. Oh, um, so in many ways, I still see my work on at medic footprints is still occupational medicine. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we are supporting the workforce of doctors moving to industry and also advising companies on supporting mm. on, on attracting them but also from a health talent angle if that makes any mm. sense mm. yeah yeah no it does it does um yeah thank you thank you for that um and uh, just just for any listeners who are non non-medical uh, non non-healthcare hematuria is uh bleeding oh, from somewhere within the urinary tract it could be from the kidneys the ureter the bladder blood in the urine blood prostate in the urine. yeah uh, blood in the urine and uh, that is what abena had on her face multiple times and uh, one of those times was the, the straw that broke the camel's back by the sounds of it i've had worse things on my face you know at least urine is sterile urine and blood is sterile <laughs> that is very true that's very true <laughs> generally 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 um, sterile yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um i yeah i guess i guess i i asked you about your your clinical work which is really really interesting and and um probably don't have uh, time to go down this uh, rabbit hole but it just occurs to me that you talking you talking about the you know at the beginning of the conversation about doctor striking and how you know the tradition it sounds like the traditional model of you know workforce model for medics is is no longer satisfying medics and and the 
the National Health Service needs to do something radical to retain doctors. And maybe some of that is to allow that kind of flexibility and that kind of career agility and, and um, ability to pivot and so on and do other things and work flexibly and, and so on moving forward. Um, but it sounds very much like that's what, um, you know, your occupational medicine career enables you to do. Um, yeah. which is really wonderful and really interesting and the whole kind of like the business the business end of it is is fast is fascinating I, I wasn't really aware of that so thank you for enlightening me um and do you do you have any leadership roles within your you know a formal clinical role if, if that makes sense um, uh, at the moment I'm not taking on any significant leadership roles um because I've got two young kids yes. <laughs> and a <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah. At, at present, but however, I, you know, I do do strategy consulting, um, and so with with companies on a yeah. on that basis. Yeah. But at the moment, there there aren't any additional leadership roles. I think one of the, one of the challenges of becoming fully self employed is that there are too many options, there are too many opportunities. Yeah. Especially being an entrepreneur, yeah. you see so many. You're like, oh my god, I should do this. Oh my god, I should do this, and the 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 real risk I mean you worry about burnout in medical practice burnout amongst entrepreneurs burnout amongst those and self-employed is real and and huge right it, because yeah. you're like if I don't work I don't get paid whereas yeah. if yeah usually if you if you've got a job or you're employed you'll get paid if you're off for a certain period of time yeah. but you know what I mean and so the pressure is higher uh, the boundaries are more blurred. I mean, we talked about, yeah. I, I said, I don't like to work week. I don't work weekends. I don't work nights. I still don't, but it also means that, you know, there's a lot more and like, I, I there's more pressure to make sure I get things done. Yeah, There's yeah. not much flexibility in that sense during the day. There is, but there isn't. Um, I mean, you, you, you know this, right? Yeah. I, um, I hear you. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, there yeah, is so, work yeah. creep, isn't there? Into, uh, a lot and, a lot of yeah. work creep so hence yeah. why you know I've I've you know because I I've seen a lot of my peers in occupational medicine who have gone on to take like chief medical officer senior leadership mm. roles in occupational mm. health with in corporate for example yeah, yeah. as a consultant because I am also a consultant uh I could have gone down that route but again like you know, it's taking away more than I could reasonably do justice to do yeah. well at any of those things that I'm doing yeah yeah. um so for me like you know someone who gets bored very easily medic footprints uh takes up a lot of my headspace yeah um I love it but it does take a lot of my time up um and then obviously having two young kids it's a lot of my time up and headspace yeah. so yeah. it is it is about yeah protecting myself on that and, and also doing justice to the things that I am committed to and so really honing on that focus yeah but this this is why you know uh, I asked you to come on the show because you know you you do so much and you are a huge inspiration and and, and people you know listening to this uh, will you know think this this person is so amazing you know this woman is so amazing she um, you know she's a doctor she founded her own company she's been running it for ten years now it's it's growing it's successful um, she's got two young children you know um, and yeah um your mind at least you're mindful and have the insight to to think about the burnout risk and so on um but as an occupational physician you obviously you know you you know all well yeah I mean I burnt out um, for the first time um in occupational health ironically whilst right. I was doing occupational <laughs> health 
yeah. and then the second time not that long ago uh just because again I think being someone who's an entrepreneur being someone that's driven um you know I, I'd say I am I am my biggest challenge in my life I'm hugely driven hugely ambitious but yeah. therefore that m- makes me at very high risk of burnout and you know that goes for a lot of doctors like we didn't get into medicine by you know kicking kicking back and having a laugh right we didn't get to where we are now (laughs) by being lazy like we had to put a lot of work in there had to be a lot of drive and also to get you know to develop your career past just doing a degree you know takes work it takes effort and I've carried a lot on a lot of that to my career of I've I've designed it and it's all very much like purpose and self-driven so having had children put more fire behind that not less yeah right yeah. I was like right I've had children oh my gosh right I better I better make sure this works out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean like that that's yeah. my mindset and again like it's something that I am constantly working on to really yeah. pull myself back um, part of that is through getting support, my network, having a team of people to say, hey, that's a bit too much. Um, but I never see anything as too much. And that is a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. Because I have yeah. so many ideas, there's so many things I want to do, but I cannot do everything. Yeah. Um, and so my my challenge I was working at how to do what how to satisfy that itch, but not get burnt out in that process. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, when you find that secret sauce, um, you can sell that and <laughs> <laughs> make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's just being mindful of your strengths, um, mindful of your limits and your boundaries, and then getting other people to do it for you. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Collaboration, yeah, but, partnerships, yeah. Yeah, yeah, delegating, letting go. Delegating, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tricky, tricky concepts, as you say, for for us physicians. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. Um, Whether when you were kind of, you know, kind of at that stage where you were um, thinking about forming um, Medic Footprints with your um, with your partner. um, And also, um, you know, as you within, I suppose, surgery when you maybe when you pivoted from um urology and, and then went down the occupational medicine route and were there any people either in the business world or occupational medicine who were um in, inspirations to yourself who were mentors to you who helped who helped you rise and actually, are there any people now that are, are kind of helping you know are I had a great a, a great kind of line the other day on a video that I watched about someone being um the energy pushing someone up is are there any people were there people in your life like that or is there anyone now I'll, I'll be honest because like most people say oh I'm inspired by this person this person as I said to you before most of my energy was from me mm, mm. um I'm I, I keep thinking about Game of Thrones <laughs> so I, 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 I to need this. to hear this <laughs> Game of Thrones so da- Daenerys Targaryen the blonde mm. one, everyone mm. who 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 was a uh, character assassinated the at the end mother. of yes, yeah. who was character yeah. assassinated at the end of it, but that's another story. Mm. Um, I remember that there was a there was a scene with her which I relate to, whereby she talks about like what you know the fact that she rose up from essentially nothing in exile to mm. essentially ruling 
a lot of the kingdom yeah. um and she said what drives her is her <laughs> there's yeah. no one else behind that no one else yeah. and i would say that's the same for me obviously there's my upbringing i'd say my mother in many ways yeah. um but but i would say i'm the primary driver there isn't anyone i've seen oh, i want to be that person not at all yeah. however there are people a lot of people that i really hugely admire um mm. that i've met especially in my network of doctors and in industry mm. um especially as founders and leaders so i mean one person i always mention is tony young um yeah. who is the founder of the nhs clinical entrepreneur program mm. why i love tony is like he's just his he's himself mm-hmm. i love people who just tell it as it is who are really down to earth um the humility isn't necessary it's just like they're just they're just who they are and they are they have a clear vision and a passion mm. and they're pushing for it and they're just warm and friendly <laughs> right yeah so yeah. that is tony that is tony 100 yeah. and like what he's achieved is amazing and he'll just describe himself as the plumber from essex um yeah. so i would say yeah he, he's he's like you know top up there and there are so many other people and I think particularly being a black woman, I have had to draw on inspiration from other black women. So as you're probably aware, there aren't that many of us uh, <laughs> in leadership positions, let alone mm, entrepreneurs, yeah. let alone, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. And recently I've, I've met more and more black women. Like, for example, I've just come back from New York. I went to a LinkedIn. I was invited to a LinkedIn mm. Talent Connect conference. And one of the first people I met was a woman called Hannah who worked at Barclays for about 17 years, started when she was 17 as a cashier. She mm. left Barclays recently as the global head of diversity, equity, and inclusion for mm. Mm. Barclays, having started right. as a cashier, right? And she'd also amassed a following of over 50,000 followers on LinkedIn in wow. that time. And LinkedIn had invited her to speak at um at their 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 summit mm. and now she's moved on to Knight Frank so people like her because I've met a few people like her um in, in my network I I draw inspiration on them because yeah. I know what they have of ob- the obstacles they've had to face and overcome to get to where they are to mm. get to that mm. level because as a black woman as a you know as a black woman it is like 10 20 times as harder than yeah. our other non-white counterparts or other counterparts who are male like that the statistics say that's not just me saying it yeah statistically yeah. um it is true grit yeah um and so so i would say those are the people that i draw inspiration from um and and anyone else really who has overcome a lot to get to where they are i mean again like being a woman i look at people like malala yeah. Um, any woman in the spotlight because they get they get a lot of hate. Yeah, any woman yeah, who yeah. speaks out, who really puts their flag in the sand, just naturally they get a lot of hate. Um, yeah. And again, the sacrifices they've had to make to keep on doing what they're doing. Um, so, so yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so um, I. I 
It's interesting you, you mentioned um, Tony Young, who I, who I should just say is a, is actually a professor and a urologist, and and obviously jokingly calls himself a plumber because of the uh, yeah sorry. The, the area of his <laughs> surgical context. expertise. Yeah, yeah, the plumber from Essex. Uh, yeah, that's another reason because obviously I was I was a urologist yes, as well, yeah. and he he knows actually the person that got me into urology uh, works with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, okay. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but absolutely, you know, it's sort of having having people like that who who runs the yeah as you say the nhs clinical entrepreneurs program um so gives nhs staff the opportunity to do something entrepreneurial is it's is it sort of like almost like intrapreneurs it's stuff that that actually benefits the nhs is it some yeah some yeah things? so um, yeah. the premise behind <laughs> it is that they want to retain more clinicians yeah. in the nhs by supporting them to become entrepreneurs without yeah. having to give up their jobs or feeling like they have to leave their yeah. jobs to then yeah. um yeah. you know because we statistically most clinicians they if they have a great idea they feel compelled to do it outside of the nhs and the nhs yeah. loses out a lot on yeah, their, yeah. their you know their innovations yeah. and so yeah. it's about keeping that in-house as much as reasonably yeah. possible what happens in practice could be entirely different we've yeah. seen that too yeah. um but you know it's because you know, if you think about it as doctors you know there's in our training there's a huge there's always been a huge emphasis on academia on yeah. research we're you know it's supposed to do dissertation and yeah. it gets into the mindset of thinking, actually, as doctors, the only value we can have outside of the clinical is the academia. And that's that's the belief that I had for a long time. It's like, oh, yeah. actually, entrepreneurialism and innovation in healthcare yeah. is essential. Oh, yeah. really? Do you know yeah. what I mean? And there were so many yeah, other yeah. things that were coming out because I, I I never really liked academia. I, it just wasn't my thing. It just wasn't my thing. And I thought, well, if I'm not a great academic, then I must be a crap doctor. You know, that was the, that was the mindset that I had because I just didn't really yeah. enjoy it very much without realising actually your value does not lie in how good an academic you are. But yeah. as a surgeon, you had to do all of these academic things to prove that you're a good surgeon. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but you know, how they say, hey, if you start up a business and create a medical device or do something that, that benefits surgery, then also you are still a good surgeon. And we count that as equal as you doing a few papers. Then I've yeah. been like, right, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's changing the mindset. It's changing. Um, it's, it's really recognizing a diversity of skills that are important for doctors to have or clinicians yeah. to have. Um, yeah. And entrepreneurs and entrepreneurialism or entrepreneurialism, I think, is such an important skill to have yeah. as a yeah. foundational skill, just like yeah. academia is. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I thank you. Thank you for that. I just, um, uh, I just want to um, hone in on something you said um, about, you know, not not really, you know, you uh, you were your own driving force and you were looking around and there weren't really any other people, um, you know, any other women of colour in medicine or what or outside who were who were kind of, you know, potential inspirations for you. Um, and and it, it sounds like you've totally um, you kind of. Have rewritten or smashed that that well-known saying you can't be what you can't see you know um i obviously i'm a very strong ally of of women and um you know people of color i do a lot of work with um sas doctors sas doctors you know a lot of whom are international medical graduates imgs and um you know it's um you know they 
they they you know struggle like especially SaaS doctors get I do leadership workshops with them um to see other SaaS doctors in leadership roles is you know like as rare as hen's teeth um mm-hmm. but but that the, there are there are some coming out certainly in these in these midlands it's it's happening um so i'm you know even more in awe that you just you just forged your own path and and redefined things just just for yourself because there wasn't anyone that you could kind of look to for you know even a nod you know yeah. like, you're, you're amazing mate <laughs> thank you thank you I mean like yeah I think I think it's really important for anyone that is is looking at I mean oh you've done it hello yeah but (laughs) I have a lot of white male privilege right (laughs) yeah but you you've created something from scratch I think anyone that has created anything from scratch is like gold gold on this earth because it takes a lot to do that it takes a lot to forge and beat your own path Mm. because of the challenges associated with it and like literally statistically you would you you will fail statistically you will fail so people who are overcoming that and aren't failing are just like the top 0.001 percent yeah right and it's these people we need to be supporting yeah it's these people we need to be do you know what i mean because most people will give up because it's too hard yeah yeah but thank thank God that you didn't, and you know thank God for people yeah. like you with your, oh, yeah. with your drive and as you say grit. Awesome. I think you used the word grit. Yeah, true grit. Brilliant. Thanks so much um, for that, Abain. I really really appreciate that. Um, so I, I was just you know wondering if over um, you know the course of your career you experienced any challenges uh, that you would feel happy to kind of talk about, so that you know our, our audience can kind of learn how you negotiated and navigated your way through some of those because you know over the you know 40 40 plus episodes now there have been some you know really interesting kind of ways that people have dealt with stuff so uh, I'd love to hear if 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 you've got anything you're happy to talk about um that would be great every day is a challenge (laughs) (laughs) that is true (laughs) life is a challenge I I don't know how I don't know how you feel I find life just gets harder and harder in the sense that you know more but you know less at the mm. same time there's just more mm. and more questions that yeah. comes up and um that's true and do you overcome a challenge maybe but there's always another challenge at the, on the other side <laughs> a different <laughs> challenge true. it's like you're playing this video game and you get past you don't even get past the big boss the big boss is still kind of there but and then you've got the next <laughs> level to go Mm. And then it's like actually, when, when does this ever end? And the sequence, yeah, yeah, as well. You you can decide to put the control down when you want, right? But yeah, yeah. Like a lot of video games, it's addictive, and you're always yeah. like striving <laughs> and you're pushing for the next level, and just to get past that, and you haven't quite figured it out. So you call a friend, and I'd say that yes. is an allegory for life. It's an allegory for business. Yeah. Um But yeah, just thinking. I mean, there's so, so many different challenges from yeah like balancing work and life yeah I mean, I, I, I mean one of the most recent challenges or current challenges I should say is that yeah. um whereby you know I've had two children recently and they're, they're still mm. very young age one and two mm. um and that has transformed me yeah in the fact that time is extremely limited yeah um 
I, I want to spend time with them, but sometimes I don't because I you, know, you get touched out, you get exhausted, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is, it is, it's like, you know, when you're running a business, that's another child. So it's child number three. When you're yeah. still keeping up to date with your doctoring, that's child number four. Um, that still needs a lot mm. of investment and energy to like keep recent. So I'd say that's one of my biggest challenges. And then like balancing the time allocated to all of those um, appropriately. Yes. How, yeah. how am I overcoming that? Um, a lot of reassessing, like pretty much every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to get some regularity in what happens. Um, but it does it does change depending on the needs, and it changes regularly. Um, yeah. So I think that that's it, it's an ongoing challenge, and just being very specific with the time that you do yeah. have. Um, but then stepping back and say, well you know your family is is everything you know yeah. your health is everything and so that should always take priority in practice it's diff- it's difficult to put in practice realistically yeah. but it's just reminding of that and what I'm doing more of mm. are focusing on things that I know give me joy outside of work outside of yeah. this whole work uh parenting game and that for me is climbing so I go bouldering and uh, I've been doing more bouldering mm. recently which you know it's if anything, it's literally just getting out and being in a different environment and focusing on one thing, which is the wall. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I yeah. love about yeah. it. Um, and then the other thing which I'm actually looking to do more of is go back to my music. So music, I was born in music, I feel like, you know, it was uh, mm. it was the core of me and it still is, but it's been pushed aside somewhat due to work medicine etc etc yeah yeah i was thinking yeah, music really genuinely gives me a lot of joy like yeah you know, internally and so why don't i exploit that more again time is a factor but one of the things i'm thinking about is a bit crazy but is joining a band <laughs> again time being a factor yeah but hey why not i might or actually something easier would be like just doing like online karaoke or something i don't know whatever it is <laughs> Singing songs that I like and yeah. just going the heck out of it. So, uh, how do I overcome these challenges by doing more of what I love yeah. and just really being specific about my time? Yeah, yeah, I I love that. I, and and um, I think what you uh, what you alluded to when you first started answering this question was that um, the more we know, the more we realize there is to know right so then the more we appreciate we don't know <laughs> and, it, and it can be quite quite overwhelming can't it um i really like your analogy of the of the video game of life and business and and all all aspects of life being being a, a video game and uh i was just thinking as you were talking you know maybe the um oftentimes the big the big boss at the end of the level is actually ourselves and our mindset <laughs> I I totally agree mm. in the sense that you can never beat yourself because no. you always set yourself another level. There's yeah. Another, well, it depends on who you are, but I'm the kind yeah. of person, I think a lot of doctors would agree, you know, you always set yourself the next challenge. Mm. But there's a, it's actually a never ending game unless you decide mm. to put the, turn the TV off and put that console down and walk away. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, a lot of us, you know, we we just don't have it in us, especially if we're like really motivated, really engaged, believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And it means a lot to us. 
it's very hard it's addictive yeah it's, yeah it's very hard to do that <laughs> it's very hard to do that but yeah, yeah. i'd say i am my my big boss yeah yeah and yeah that's a that's a great point about video games being addictive and and actually you know if you are really into your entrepreneurship or whatever it is or your work you know it is uh super addictive isn't it and uh to be mind mindful of that with uh you know balancing it with our families as you say i like i like the way you said you know you've got your children then your then your work is another child then your business is another child and i was i was thinking in my head yeah my wife would be saying my husband is another child <laughs> <laughs> i do not want to say that about your husband <laughs> no he's no he's, he's he's definitely not another child he's he's like the support the pillar yeah. that holds me up yeah like half no, the time no. yeah no, I, he, I know what you know i do i'm just i'm just being self-deprecating yeah yeah, yeah anyway. no, i know <laughs> no, he's, but, not um, pillar. he's not the other child yeah. even though he's no, but... my child in a little way but <laughs> i think we, we all are aren't we? Mm. um and i love the the solution um being to do you know try and do more of what you love that is not related to uh work or business or or family or so on and you know the bouldering is obviously you know physically active uh thing but it's presumably quite a a kind of mindful meditative thing as well you kind of you you have to be in the moment if you don't concentrate on that right then you're gonna fall (laughs) Um, absolutely absolutely um, it's so I find it's so relaxing yeah yeah just ironically even though yeah it's strenuous activity yeah, it's yeah. full body and full mind yeah 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 that's 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 true mindfulness isn't it um and uh and the, and the music thing yeah I mean that would be such fun to be in a band wouldn't it but uh it yeah be, but... as you see it's time but you you play uh you play uh is it piano you play too uh, yeah piano I also um, play violin but I I don't yeah. pick it up it's like literally in the corner of the room and it's yeah. been like that for like 20 years yeah. um <laughs> yeah so I'd say piano um and singing is something that yeah. I'm good at but never yeah. professionalized in that yeah, way yeah. um mm. so I think yeah that's the time to use my voice <laughs> yeah it's difficult being a being a polymath like like yourself um and um you know trying to prioritize all these things that you know you are you want to do like your family and your and your business but that also that you're good at that you would like to do because you you enjoy um mm. but there's you know like hopefully god willing life life is long and you can you know as you say i love i love the the reflection at the end of each week because your priorities obviously change you know and and you know I, I, my my children are a bit older than yours um but there's always like okay so what's coming up for the kids next week that we need to be present for you know and and show up for um as as well as you know and and so you kind of like oh so priority next week is family and the kids and then the week after it's like businesses stuff because the family stuff isn't quite so you know Mm um busy so yeah I like that though that kind of weekly weekly reassessment I think was the term you used so thank you that's really helpful. I think the audience will get a lot out of that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, in a, in addition to that, that that great advice um, about sort of overcoming um, challenges and and so on. Do you have any advice for our listeners on how to become stronger and kinder in their in their leadership? Um, you know, I know I, I know you. I, th- I think you are a very strong person. I think, and you've, I think you're very kind of strong, strong willed as well. Like you know, quite single minded with the business and and so on. You know, uh, focused. 
um but you're also a very kind person which is lovely <laughs> How, you know i mean you know we, there are ways that we can become um stronger and kinder what what's what's your what are your secrets what's your secret sauce wow i stronger but i i really have to think about that kinder i i, I guess i'll start on the cat the kinder bit um which i i, I assume is is the empathy perspective yeah whatever um, however you see kindness yeah kindness is really understanding re- really getting to understand the people around you the people that you work with the people that you mm. serve mm. um beyond the surface level yeah and my husband is very good at doing that I've learned a lot of tips from him um mm. That's nice. <laughs> but um to be honest the kindness actually starts from you um, I think especially as caregivers in mm-hmm. healthcare medicine, mm-hmm. we're very we're used to externalizing that and doing it really great, really well for other people, but not so well for ourselves. Yeah. 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 Um I think if you can't do it well enough for yourself, you know, how effective would it be for other people? Of course. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people that like, including me, I'm very good at doing that. Like I'm I'm known for not really taking care of myself as well as I yeah. could do. Of course. Um, yeah. But I'd say that's where the kindness comes from. I think it's actually being kind to yourself. Yeah. First. Yeah. Before you start spreading that kindness through empathy, through connection, through um a, a love of what you do. Yeah. Um yeah, I know that sounds yeah. very high level and non-specific. No, I really no, I like that. Um, I I, <laughs> I preach I preach from the same gospel. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. Um there's a when I talk about kind leadership, there's a slide I use. But before talking about kindness, uh, mm-hmm. I start with self-kindness. And there's a a, a slide I always put up with a quote by um, Mamam Gupta, which mm-hmm. uh, I can't I can't quote verbatim, but it's something like um, in terms of this, there isn't there isn't anyone that we speak to more than ourselves. So we should speak to ourselves kindly. You know, it's all that. 60,000 thoughts a day, 90 plus percent of them are negative, the inner critic and limiting beliefs and so on. So, uh, yeah, try and start with yourself. And as you say, yeah. it will then enable you to um, to give that care to others as well. Like it, yeah. it always amazes me how us doctors think, you know, pe- people pleasers that we are, um, that we just have this limitless, you know, bountiful cup of goodness that's constantly overflowing but it but it isn't at all is it it's just the cup the cup runs dry um and how can we then care for our patients and our children and our relatives you know yeah i mean um, i yeah. i totally agree with all of that and i think the the next question is how do you address the inner critic because it serves a purpose at the end of the day mm. it, it's gotten you to where yeah. you are now but when we're looking at sustainability, especially as you get older, especially when there's more and more things to juggle, especially when there's more and more responsibilities, how do you soften, I'm not sure is the right word, soften that inner mm. critic or use it mm. for a greater, more positive purpose? Because that mm. inner critic can hold you back that yeah, inner, yeah. From, from really genuine opportunities. Yeah. Um, it can make you feel like shit as well, yeah, which yeah. again holds you back, right? Yeah. And especially if you're someone who's ambitious, especially if you're someone who has a greater purpose, a global mindset, 
Mm. Um, it's so important to deal again with that inner critic and use it mm. to your advantage, mm. right? Because mm. at the end of the day, the inner critic ain't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It, like you yeah. know, I'd speak from personal. Like as you said, like you know, I talk to myself a lot. You know, because you know, we were, but um, I'd say the work that I've done on myself in the last year, and it talks about in um, talk, talking about being dealing with an inner critic. Um, I've definitely managed to to soften mine. Yeah, in the sense that it not like it doesn't hold me back I think it just it just changes my approach to things um it's I don't uh I think not punish myself but I don't what's the best word for it berate yourself I don't berate myself Mm. as much Mm. I um you know when you see other people doing things you're like oh my god how have they done it I must be awful yeah comparisonitis exactly comparisonitis yeah (laughs) Yeah. great words and instead of see instead of that mindset as an example I say wow look what they can achieve yeah I can achieve that too yeah how did they do it and what can I learn from their pathway rather than you know like I've I've managed I've managed to change that mindset in business and medicine and climbing um and have really seen progress i've seen growth in so many different ways yeah and yeah the burden has has lessened too yeah um as as well as the hurry you know there's all everyone's in a hurry to do everything especially in the startup world especially in the business world you see companies who are like one person one day and like fifty thousand people the next day right and you're like wow how are they doing it so quickly but like you have to remember like some one person's journey is not your journey yeah one yeah. business's journey is not your business's journey your business's journey is your business's journey and it's 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 an amazing vehicle for so many different things in life yeah. um so, so yes see what other people are doing but don't necessarily take that on as a well if they've achieved that and you're not achieving that then Mm. there's a problem with you yeah yeah um because again that can also hold you back from making good decisions or the right decisions so to speak um strength and leadership it comes from experience and Mm. again like I'm really really hot on the inner work piece because that strength Mm. comes from within but it also comes from your network so your immediate yeah. network of your friends and family, the, the the colleagues that are closest to you, and mm. leveraging that network. Um, the leveraging bit is, I find that's the hardest bit in the sense that we've got a really, I've got a really big network, mm. and one of the things I struggle with is asking for help, <laughs> right? Or yeah. you know, and it's yeah, that's ironic, <laughs> isn't it? That when you have so many people, you could turn to yeah in different areas yeah yeah because yeah. you don't want to you know it's whole mindset you don't want to bother anyone especially yeah. when money's mm. involved as well being a doctor and money we all know how difficult that is well, it's mucky um, isn't it <laughs> it, is, it is mucky and you can see like everyone's increasingly busy and overwhelmed themselves yeah um chasing up people is hard you know yeah. something you need to do but it is a hard thing to do yeah. too um but it's worth the payoff the payoff is is huge yeah um it's things like that that you know I still struggle with I still find those things really hard um but I still do it despite it being hard yeah um and so you know you see people who have like tens of thousands of people following them I I'm not I don't want to be that kind of person in the sense that I can't 
possibly be who I want to be for all of those people. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we're in a time where we've got so many people. We, like, we we know too many people. We have too many people at our fingertips. There's no way mm. in reality that I think life is designed for us to be in contact with so many people at the same yeah. time. That's right? a great point. Our brains mm. just can't take it. Yeah. Um, and so as you grow your audience, as you grow your following, it's less about the numbers of people who are following and more about who are the genuine connections that you have that you can yeah. leverage that can help you get to your next step or help you achieve your next goal or your mm. next project. That's the most important thing. And mm. so it's just a reminder for people, leaders, it is about leveraging the closest people to you or the people that are at your fingertips. Because yeah. once you're able to do that, you can essentially scale that process in, yeah. in many ways. But it, yeah. it is just mastering that first bit, which I know for a lot of doctors, um, for a lot of leaders, um, it is it can be a real challenge. I think yeah. it's getting harder and harder just because there's so much out there for people. There's so much choice that we yeah. have in this world. Um, and it's about then making decisions and going with what we think is the best choice. And the, and the, and the sea is huge. There's so mm. many fish in the sea. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's so much wisdom in there abena <laughs> I, I, I was listening to it all thinking yeah i can remember i can remember those points and then there's more and more stuff going like yeah i can't there's there's too much gold in there um but I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I like i like the i like the i very much like it all about i like i like the strength thing about you know kind of um a lot of people do kind of look internally and and think well you know i've got to I've got to become more self-confident and, you know, my, my self-worth has got to increase and then, I, and then I can have more successes and then I will feel stronger. And I think with business, there is a, a bit of that, isn't there? You know, the more successes you have, the more your confidence builds and the, maybe the stronger you become as your business maybe strengthens. Um, but actually I love that kind of like looking, looking without yourself out with yourself, um, you know at your at your network and it sounds like you're almost like reminding yourself i do have all these people at my my fingertips i need to leverage them more and access them more uh because your network is yeah is huge <laughs> you have the, yeah. you, in your case you probably have the agony of choice it's like well i need some help with marketing but actually i know about 300 marketing people i could turn to <laughs> well this is this is the thing because i i know my personality I am a natural marketer like I'm a natural yeah. connector I really yeah. gain so much joy in connecting people yeah um yeah. that is what I I don't know why but I literally get this internal buzz when someone comes to yeah. me and say hey I came to your event or hey as a result of you this I connect you connected me with this company yeah. or this opportunity or like we met at this event and we got married I've heard that a few times yeah, you know yeah. like that's what I really get a lot of joy at so yeah you know and you know, I have to retain some things that I really enjoy because there's lots of things yeah. I don't enjoy in my job I can tell you that yeah yeah um when it comes to the marketing element but but yeah it's it is about I think as like we talk about leaders and as their audience and their network grows, it, it is really about the targeted approach by being very specific as to who you're looking mm. for. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, I, I use the analogy of with Medic Footprints when we first started, it was like companies were like, oh, I just need to find any doctor. 
Um, yeah. And then mm. now it's like, we need to find a very specific doctor with this yeah. is basically unicorn status and has this yeah. like clinical commercial experience and expertise in this particular area. Mm. Um, you know, because, because the sea is so big now for them, yeah. if that makes any sense. So they need to, they need to target and be specific yeah. and you can afford to be picky. Yeah. Um, so it's similar to us where it's like, actually, we've got a massive sea. We need to be picky as to who yeah. we work with and, and yeah yeah no that's 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 all true and 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 a very well made point that uh you know there are now more doctors kind of looking outside of medicine as to what they can do and thinking about either dipping their toe in or actually jumping ship in entirely and so you're right there's there's a, a massive choice for for people and it's interesting how you kind of like um you know relay that back to your own your own business um i i th- i i what i was feeling when you were talking about the connecting thing and how that that is one of the most wonderful satisfying gratifying you know warm feeling inducing things that you do i i feel exactly the same and i think there's i think it's um it, it actually ties into the kindness piece as in we you you know I think it is showing a kindness to connect to like, you know, when, when you've got two people who you, you really rate those people highly, or they're just really the loveliest people. And you just think, well, I get on so well with both of them. They're bound to get on with one another. And actually they have something that they can work, you know, collaborate with or compliment, compliment each other. It's such a genuine joy to bring those people together, isn't it? And it, and, and, and it is, it is a kind of, cause you don't, you don't have to do it. You know, you're doing you're doing it out, you know, you're taking time and thought and and so on to do that. So it it, it it's no wonder it makes you feel feel good because we know that doing kindnesses for others is actually better for us, better for our emotional state and better for our health and so on. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I totally understand why you why you said that. And I think um yeah, that that kind of really feeds into your uh, you know, being a kind leader is actually thinking um, about other people in that way because to um to be able to connect to people you need to know them really well which involves you getting more connected to them to to, to know enough about them to know that they'd be good fit isn't it so yeah absolutely yeah love that yeah. love that um do you have any take-home um leadership messages um for the listeners please uh take home leadership messages interesting um <laughs> i i would say uh, this is one of the debates we've probably had before you know some people would say leader people are born leaders there's so you know and if you're not born a leader then you're not a leader i think everyone i yeah. think everyone is a leader everyone yeah. every single person on this earth is a leader um or has the potential for leadership in a given situation so leadership yeah. on its own it doesn't i don't think it really exists it really depends mm. on the context yeah um, in which you're leading and that can be anything in life literally yeah. anything um i don't think leadership needs to be a whole status thing either i know when we talk about it we think about some person at the top of an organization mm-hmm. um but it, it really is leveraging the people around you for a greater purpose mm, mm. and guiding people on that on that journey and that mission yeah yeah um 
and and that can be as you know can be applied to a, a, anything and everything but on that yeah. journey it's so important in order for you to achieve that goal or that vision you need to look after you as part of it yeah. um at least for a given time frame <laughs> obviously yeah. we're not yeah. on this earth forever yeah. um and i think in given scenarios there is an expiry day or there's expiry time and you have to be able to pass on that baton to someone else yeah um whether it's you need to step away or take some time mm. out or um do something else yeah i think that should be an important part of the whole strategy yeah um so yeah i think that yeah. that would be my my take home yeah which again kind of points back to the whole self-kindness thing and yeah it does yeah, it all starts yeah. with you um, yeah but yeah don't i'd say especially if you are you know like you know i'm all about doctors mm. um if you are earlier on in your career whether you're a doctor or not doesn't matter do not be held back by anything that looks like it could be leadership yeah um having a voice and mm. exercising that voice that's leadership yeah especially when it's not aligned with what the typical consensus opinion is yeah yeah um it's not easy it's not hard but i think it's it's hugely important i think mm. what this world needs at the moment is authentic voices diverse mm. voices inclusive representative voices it mm. doesn't have enough of that yeah yeah um I think this is one of the problems I could go on in the political rant, but it's one of the problems with <laughs> a number of institutions that we see across the world, including yeah. our country, including medical profession. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to stop there because I could literally go on. Um, <laughs> but we, we need more people to amplify their voice, you know, push through what is really, really hard yeah. in order for that change to happen. Like change yeah. only happens in this world when those people do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's it's the extreme minority of people that will do that. And yes, there is there is is always usually always a sacrifice associated with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you are driven by that greater purpose and you continue to exercise the self kindness, self empathy, and empathy for others, that mm, sacrifices mm. don't have to be huge, mm. right? Mm. It's always worth it. It's always worth it yeah. in that sense. Yeah. So I'm not saying fall on your sword because I would totally I don't advocate for that in any way. And I know some people do that, mm. and it's just totally not worth it because it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable form of leadership either. No. Um, so that's why that self-kindness piece is really important. Yeah. So you can actually amplify your own voice and create that movement yeah. that your vision deserves. Wow, I love that. Absolutely love that. Totally totally on board with that i um very much preach the um the same um you know called concept of any anyone um can be a leader uh, not necessarily everyone can be a good leader but everyone has the potential to and, and can learn leadership skills and and yeah I, I i like the you know you say everyone on the, on the planet is is a leader or, or certainly has you know you know i um talk a lot about you know you know when we've all seen those patients who will kind of uh and you'll ask them what your occupation is oh i'm 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 just a housewife or i'm just a house husband or whatever whatever it is and i and i immediately kind of like get on my little high horse and i'm like there's no just about it you know you've got the hardest job in the world you know and you're you're lead you're leading your family you're leading your children you're you're a leader in your community you're a leader in the school playground you know when 
other parents see you and things like that. You know, everyone, people don't think about it, but everyone, everyone is and, and has the potential. So I really like that. But I love the, um, the n- not to be afraid of leadership. Yes, it is hard, but um, if you are authentic and you have a vision, then um, you must, you must speak up. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I've really, you know, kind of mass- massacred your message in that with that summary, but people will listen to what you've said. <laughs> and you absolutely really appreciate it um well we're, we're almost at the end now i'd just like to kind of give you the opportunity to share with the listeners what you're currently um excited to be working on i'm sure you're working on lots of things but what's the what's the thing that's really kind of like uh, getting the juices flowing at the moment ah getting the juices flowing <laughs> so what i am working on the, the thing i'm most excited with is as i mentioned like I'm, I really get so much joy, and I can see that the greater benefits, more scalable benefit of mentoring and coaching individuals, groups of people, particularly doctors, um, on achieving their ambitions as leaders, um, in industry and beyond, outside of the confines of traditional clinical practice. So, um, so this year we launched a pilot of our doctors and industry program, which is it's had its challenges like every new thing but also has been really successful and see what outcomes that we've managed we've well, we've helped doctors achieve like we we mm. didn't achieve it for them they achieved it for themselves mm. um things like we've got doctors who have managed to get jobs in industry after a long time of trying that's yeah. in regulatory and uh, pharma mm. we've got doctors who have set up their own businesses at least three of them one menopause clinic another one a coaching practice um, another one is setting up a well she's set up a health tech company um mm. and doing really well with that mm. um and as I said a lot of the work we're doing is mainly mindset work yes there's a yeah. technical um and you can teach people quite easily but mm. it is about the internal dialogues um un- unlearning a lot of things they've learned in the NHS or the mm. public sector and just yeah. really helping them to be the best that they can be as people as individuals yeah. Um, and leveraging the foundation they really have so so we've got that program which um we are basically opening it up to more doctors um next month actually so this year's program is mainly um kind of high touch uh one-to-ones group and mm-hmm. yes a lot a lot of gold they're delivering master classes mm-hmm. so a lot of that content we've then um put onto an online learning management system yeah um so people can do that in their own time mm-hmm. um, but they also get the benefit of live group sessions that are led by me uh, on a regular basis which is where the gold is because like even though one-to-one is really really valuable mm. most of the learning is from other people I think we underestimate yeah, yeah. that it's mm. and, and the way that the fellowship is designed is it is all about let's talk about what's going on now not like mm. this is a curriculum and this is what we're going to follow we mm. don't do that it's all about what is the most relevant thing for you and how do we problem solve that how do we how do we troubleshoot that like you yeah. see in a lot of coaching and mentoring programs so that's what we're starting um and on top of that we are also filling in the, the final piece of the puzzle which is we're helping doctors to move to help change their mindset and give them opportunities but also give them real world industry experience and so mm. we're 
um, having talks with a number of companies, health tech startups, big pharma companies, and mm. um, talking about how can we get more doctors working with you on a project basis to secondment. Mm. I know a lot of doctors are busy. Some of them want to do it as portfolio careers. It's like, so we're looking at how do we create help create that opportunity yeah. um, and get them some like consulting experience or project-based experience, like paid yeah. experience being yeah. the high like paid experience. <laughs> wow yeah uh, again that's part of the, the money piece of our curriculum so those are the things that i'm getting really excited about yeah. um and again it's it it takes hard work creating something like this I can tell you that but as i said yeah, it wasn't, if yeah. it wasn't for the the greater mission and the vision and how that could change the world yeah. then i wouldn't be here and having this conversation yeah. with you. so uh, yeah so yeah so if you know of many doctors who may benefit from a program <laughs> like that then yeah. send them our way yeah yeah for sure and hopefully some of them will, will listen to this show and uh this episode and pick pick that up and approach yeah. you from that so um and and medicfootprints.org any... forward slash industry by the way medicfootprints.org forward slash industry awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh you're you're well trained mate well done i was gonna say any any links can go in the show notes so <laughs> yeah medicfootprints.org forward slash industry that's it <laughs> did you hear that everyone <laughs> you got it yeah. I will uh, I will put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Um and um if anyone wants to reach out to you, um, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, LinkedIn in it is the best way. Um yeah. Abena. There's only one Abena, and I'm totally gonna like <laughs> I yeah, there's no one literally if you Google A B E Y N A, you will find me and you won't find anyone yeah. else. Yeah. Um same with LinkedIn and yeah. um I'm gonna trademark that stuff. So yeah, I was gonna say better. <laughs> yeah, you must know some lawyers, right? You can, yeah, yeah get that, to, get that done, mate. That stuff. Yeah, we don't any it. kind of pretenders to the throne coming. No on pretenders and... to no, the throne, no, exactly. No. <laughs> oh, bless yeah, you. Um, well, yeah. Final, final question. Um, was just do you, do you have any closing words that you'd like to share with the listeners? Anything, anything at all you'd like to say before we? I would say if you're listening to this podcast and anything that I said anything that aligned with how you feel how you are just reach out to me yeah let's have a conversation let's talk that is where amazing things happen through conversations and also um what I was going to say what yeah so there's another there's another point I wanted to make yeah um again with trends that I'm seeing because so many people are overwhelmed online with the digital Um, I think there is definitely it's it's creating more value in the in-person connections mm. so mm. the one-to-ones on zoom is great um, but I would say if you can go to an event that yeah. is where the opportunities are yeah that yeah. that's where they happen I you know even though I've got a lot of followers I've got a lot of gravitas whatever you know you still reach out to people and say on LinkedIn and you don't get response and not necessarily because yeah. they don't know you just because they're busy and you don't seem yeah. you know they don't know you know you then yeah so if you meet them in the room they'll yeah. be like oh you know what I mean like it yeah. will transform your ability to to say or convert anything yeah. So yeah I would say if you can don't underestimate showing up at an event yeah yeah we've seen that with our fellows as well just go to an event those are the opportunities yeah, are. yeah. that's great advice um fantastic thank you thank you so much for for everything thanks thanks for coming on the show sharing all your wisdom and 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 really top-notch advice um with us abena and thank thank you um to all who listen um 
until the next episode in two weeks all that remains is to wish you all health happiness and inspiring leadership take care thank you so much for joining me and my guest on the inspiring women leaders podcast today i really hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as i enjoyed recording it if you did please download the show and leave it a rating and a review so that together we can share the amazing lessons we've learned from my guests with listeners far and wide and help as many aspiring leaders as possible Most of my podcasts will also be uploaded to my YouTube channel, Dr. Adam, Physician Coach. So please check out my channel there and hopefully you'll find some videos on similar topics to watch and enjoy. Finally, I have some exciting new group coaching programs and a membership scheme in the pipeline. So please keep a regular eye on my website, www.dradamharrison.com. That's www.dradamharrison.com for updates. Thank you again for your time today and please join me next time two weeks from now on Alternate Wednesdays for another brilliant episode of Inspiring Women Leaders.